Rich, your morning show is on the radio. Good morning, Kelly Perry. Good morning, Brandon Baxter. Here we are. Today's Wednesday, September the 16th of 2020. It's a big day. It's National Guacamole Day. Guacamole. And I love it. Like one of my favorites. It is good. You get some Tostitos chips and you just tear into mm-hmm. that little thing of guacamole. I could eat that for days. Spicy or not spicy? Ooh, I like the spicy. Mm-hmm. Not really the chunky one, but the spicy Ooh. one. It's also National Play-Doh Day today. What's Aww. happening in the world? Arkansas State football had to cancel their game with yeah. UCA scheduled for Saturday. Uh, you know, it's kind of like a deal if you can't fill out your roster because people have illnesses. Yeah. I guess you don't have much of a choice, mm-hmm. but that's kind of a big deal. This was Paint the Town Red Week mm-hmm. and, and all of that, getting ready for the first home game. So that's off the table for this weekend. That game's been rescheduled for October the 10th. Also today, here's something else to note. If you're like me and you enjoy food more than you should, McDonald's is launching their spicy McNuggets today. Mm. And their nuggets are good. Yeah. But like kick them up to a spicy level. What kind of sauce do you go with with spicy nuggets? You know, I don't know if you need a sauce with spicy mm, nuggets. No, you have to have a sauce. What sauce would you go with? I'm such a hot mustard person. With I don't spicy know. nuggets? I don't know. All right. We have a buddy who works at one of the McDonald's in Jonesboro, Chris Lance. If he's listening right now, if he mm-hmm. can just drop off some spicy oh. nuggets. Set with that. Anytime's fine. Also, <laughs> is it too early to try <laughs> no. them? We can be the first people to try them in Northeast Arkansas. It's also ACM Awards Day. That airs tonight at 7 o'clock on CBS. So a lot to get through as we go throughout the show this morning. We appreciate you getting up and starting your day with us. Let's throw one back on this day in country music with Brandon Baxter in the morning. So the year was 2010, and Blake Shelton had the number one song in country music on this day. It's all about tonight. Good times in the music and laughing and This day in 2010. What's happening with your favorite celebrities? Brandon Baxter in the morning's got your gossip. Got your gossip on some sad news in the rapping world. Cardi B and Offset are getting a divorce after almost three years of marriage. Oh, now, no. in her petition, she says there are, quote, no prospects for a reconciliation. She's seeking full legal and primary primary physical custody of their two-year-old daughter, Culture. She also wants an equal division of all marital assets. Which leads me to believe there was probably no prenup. Yeah. And then not surprisingly, there are rumors out that Offset was cheating again. He got, got he got caught back in 2018, but Cardi took him back that time, I think basically because their daughter had been uh, born. Yeah. Um, but Cardi B and Offset are over. I predict that gets ugly. Yeah. She's going to say some things mm-hmm. we probably can't air on the radio. Nope. Hey, got you gossip on Reese Witherspoon. She made an appearance on the new show. The Drew Barrymore show. And she was talking about one of the things that was really terrifying when she was young. And that was the fact that she was a young actress trying to find her way and she got pregnant. Here's Reese Witherspoon from The Drew Barrymore Show. Yeah, well, to to be completely candid, I was terrified too. I got pregnant when I was 22 years old. um, And I didn't know how to balance uh, work and motherhood. And we just, you just do it. You know, I, I didn't know if I was going to have steady work too. I wasn't a popular, like I made movies, but I hadn't, you know, established myself as someone who could demand that it shoot close to my kid's school or, you know, I didn't have any real um, 
power or leverage within my industry. So I think I'm just, I was just like every other mom trying to figure it out and dad out there and partner and grandparent who's raising a child. But every bit of it, every bit of that sacrifice is truly worth it. Reese Witherspoon from The Drew Barrymore Show. Got you gossip on Neil Patrick Harris. So we know him as Doogie Hauser and Barney on How I Met Your Mother. Well, he was on the Today Show and he said that his whole family had the coronavirus five months ago. He had it. His husband David had it. And their two nine-year-old twins had it too. So he went on to say that it happened really early. They were doing their best before he thought he had the flu and he didn't want to be paranoid about it. But then when he lost his sense of smell and taste... He knew that they all had to quarantine. So fast forward to today, everybody's fine. He said it wasn't pleasant, but they got through it. And he's hoping that we're able to slow the spread. And got you gossip on Taylor Hansen. You know, the band Hansen. Mbop. Mbop band. Well, congratulations to he and his wife, Natalie, because they're expecting a baby. This is not their first child. Uh This is their seventh child. Oh, a whole team. So it's kind of crazy. They say that, uh, I guess, the Hansen kids... Uh, or there's seven of them. I didn't wow. realize that. But Taylor Hansen expecting his seventh child. Hmm. I just can't imagine. No. <laughs> like, it's a lot to have one. <laughs> no. You know what I'm saying? Yes. I cannot imagine having seven children. one of my favorite songs to karaoke in bars <laughs> i normally do that one <laughs> can you imagine before you get punched ladies and gentlemen i would like to do some hansen for you now Boo. <laughs> and of course every morning on brandon baxter in the morning we got you guys brandon baxter in the morning <clears throat> a state football which was scheduled for this coming weekend this coming saturday the first home game has been postponed until october the 10th yeah so really, it looks like A-State couldn't put the whole team together, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, so it's kind of a crazy thing that the home opener and all the scheduling and all the stuff has been changed. Now, if there is a silver lining to this, I have one more week to lose 20 pounds. <laughs> so I'm kind of excited. <laughs> Why? Brandon Baxter in the morning. So marriage is a sacrifice much of the time. That's what Kelly was telling me this morning. <laughs> Don't you start you that did. with me. You did. You were like, you marriage is such that. a sacrifice. It is. Everyone knows it. So, essentially, if you are a good spouse, you sacrifice. Sometimes you take one for the team. I believe most of the time I'm the one of course, taking one for the team. I'm sure if everyone voted, everyone would, would raise their hand for Brandon Baxter as being the most sacrificial. I think so, mm-hmm. when you really look back at life. Yeah. But last night, my wife took one for the team, and she didn't know what she was about to do. So, it was about 7.57, and I said, go to the bed. And oh, she, she ran. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure, she did. Okay, no, she didn't. <laughs> she, <laughs> you had to force her. She ran to the door. <clears throat> she's like, "What are you talking about?" I said, I, "I have something for us." And she's like, "Well, what do you have?" And I'm like, "Just get in the bed." So I pull up the TV, like most romantic men do. Uh-huh. And go to YouTube, which is really That's romantic. really romantic. <laughs> YouTube and chill is one of the best things you can do. So I pull up YouTube and I go to Camping World. And my wife was like, what are you doing? And last night was the concert with Alabama. So I was looking up the ages of Alabama <laughs> because my wife was like, wait a minute, they've been doing music 50 years. I'm like, no, this is going to be awesome. And um, Randy Owen, the lead singer of Alabama, is 70 years old. His buddy, Teddy, is 68. So here you have these guys who are, you know, legitimate grandparents on stage doing all these classic hits. And I was so happy. (laughs) It was the most fun I've had at night in a long time. So here I am. She's like, how long is this show? I said, three hours. I see her face. Oh, my goodness. And she, she, she did pretty good, though. Because she knows considered. she does know you love Alabama. Love them. Yes. It reminds me of being young and it reminds me of like my mom yeah. and my grandparents. And it's and good music. It's really good music. And I sat there for an hour and a half watching Alabama do some of their biggest hits. Oh, play me some mountain music like grandma and grandpa used to And I was thinking, how cool would it be if Randy Owen, the lead singer of Alabama, was my grandfather? Like, that would be so awesome. That would be cool. I mean, all these great hits, and he's up there, 
And he's still dressed up like, you know, he's a country star. Mm-hmm. And they're telling these stories about these songs that they wrote that all of us have heard. If you're going to play in Texas, you got to have a fiddle in the band. That lead guitar is hot, but not for Louisiana man. So rousing up that bow for faded love and let's all dance. Just so y'all know, he if is smiling right Texas, now. you got to have a fiddle in the band. So there was one song that made me think about Kelly last night. Now she's oh, okay. <laughs> this is not the one I meant to play. <laughs> Why is it a slow I one? They're, it's so slow, I don't even know what they're saying. She needs no. somebody. Uh, okay. It made you think of me great. Okay. She's a lady down on love. They talked a lot about St. Jude mm-hmm. and how they raise money for the kids at St. Jude. So Camping World is doing this series. Last night was the debut with Alabama. Spend my dollar. Park in a holler needs a mountain moonlight. Hold her up tight. Make a little loving. A little turtle dubbing on a Mason Dixon night. Oh yeah. It's my life. Oh so right. My Dixieland delight. Alabama last night. Oh, so you get Here's a heads up. So maybe Alabama's not your thing. If it was, you missed a heck of a show. Uh, coming up next week, it's Martina McBride. So if you Ooh, like Martina, yeah. that's on the 22nd. That's coming up on Tuesday. Tuesday the 29th, Chris Young, Sugarland in October, the Zach Brown Band, Lady A, Brett Young, Yay. Little Big Town, Amy Grant, and Vince Gill. Uh, you can find out more at campingworld.com. But it was pretty cool last night. And it was one of those moments where I'm like, you know what? That's something. Sometimes you just need those things to take you back. Yeah. And make you feel like you're that young kid mm-hmm. again. It kind of rejuvenates you. So, last night was my rejuvenation. I know this sounds crazy. Believe me, I know it. It's crazy. That sounds kind of crazy. You must be crazy. And people are crazy. So, there's a 27-year-old woman named Helen from Westfield, New Jersey, who's a middleweight national champion in sumo wrestling. Oh. Yeah. Well, she recently had her roommate move out, and that roommate took Helen's cat. You know what the cat's name was? What? Bond. James Bond. Ooh, I like it, yeah. Yeah. So Helen went to her former roommate's house in Pennsylvania to get the cat back. And she brought her friend, 34-year-old Lauren, who happens to be a mortician. Well, when the ex-roommate saw a sumo champ and a mortician breaking down her door to try to get James Bond back, she ran. Well, then she tried to fight back. In the end, Helen and Lauren got out of there with the cat, but they were both arrested for burglary, criminal trespass, and assault. But speaking of a cat named James Bond, I was on my run yesterday, and when to my surprise, I actually saw James Bond making burgers in the park. You did? I guess he had a license to grill. (laughs) I'm looking for something to hit myself in the face with. There's even more proof that people are crazy. Brandon Baxter in the morning. Are you ready to celebrate some local people? Let's do it. Let's do the birthdays. Happy birthday to you. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday to you. Uh-huh. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Wait. Happy birthday to you. Well, well, well. Time for birthdays for today, Wednesday, September the 16th of 2020. Local birthdays, local celebrities. Here we go. Happy birthday goes out to our friend Kevin Lancaster. Happy birthday. Who celebrates his birthday today. He's been a friend of mine for a long time, so we always appreciate his support. Happy birthday to Kevin, who celebrates today. Dawson Walters of Paragould, 15. Connor Austin of Caraway, 15. Paula Lerma of Paragould celebrates. Jennifer Nixon from Paragould. We have Sarah Wells from Searcy celebrating. Adeline Bryant of Paragould is 7 today. Happy birthday from Mom, Dad, your big brother from Nina, Papa, and Uncle Bear. Jamie Walton is celebrating. Happy birthday from your bestie. We have Elizabeth Martin of Manila turning 10. Teresa Ramos of Jonesboro. Jennifer Shelton has a birthday. Uh, Let's see here. We also have Mason Vincent who celebrates today from Mom and Dad and Ellie and Tyler. And if you have a birthday today, we say this. We say... 
Happy birthday to all y'all, and you celebrate with these celebrities. Uh, Ian Harding is 34. That's Ezra on Pretty Little Liars. Right. Alexis Bledel is 30, 39. That's Rory on Gilmore Girls. Amy Poehler is 49, SNL alum, and also also Leslie Nope on Parks and Recreation. Yep. Mark Anthony is 52. Used to be married to Jennifer Lopez. Molly Shannon is 56 today. She was Mary Catherine Gallagher on SNL. Magician David Copperfield is 64 today. All right. Happy birthday to David Copperfield. Richard Marks is uh-uh. 57 today. Uh-uh. Can we see forever? Wherever you go, whatever you do, I will be right here waiting for you. Whatever it takes, or how my heart breaks, I will be right here waiting. Happy birthday to my good friend Richard Marks, who celebrates today. Why is he your good friend? And happy birthday to Nick Jonas, who is 28 today. It's not your fault that they me no disrespect. It's my brain to be hellish. I still can't tell them. sexy, beautiful. Everybody wants a taste. That's why I still can't tell Nick Jonas celebrating his birthday today from the Jonas Brothers. Boy had the chance to go to one concert last year, and of everybody he could have gone to see, he went to see the Jonas Brothers. Jonas, who turns 28 today. Brandon Baxter in the morning. A couple of new products. And again, by this time of the morning, typically I get hungry. Because we've been up for 10 hours. Yeah. So what seems weird, like if I pulled through a drive-thru and it's like nine o'clock and I'm like, hey man, you got a burger ready? A number two with no onions. Yeah. And they're like, wait, he's eating that. But I'm like, yeah. no, I've been up since 353 mm-hmm. this morning. Yeah. Which is my new time. So a couple of food items I want to give you a heads up on. One of them uh, is related to Red Lobster. Red Lobster is about to launch a brand new margarita. Okay. Which I don't know if you like margaritas. I'm a fan. I like yeah. them. I don't have them that often. Yeah. My grandmother used to get them all the time. She'd get like, give me the king size margarita. And didn't she used to get you margaritas when you were little? Yes. She would get me a virgin oh. margarita. That's how she would See, order See, my it. grandmother would have never done that. People, will, what will people think? Well, and when I look back on it, because I get the cup that looked like it was a real margarita, and here I am, you know, eight or nine years old. Look at that grandmother letting her precious grandson drink alcohol i don't think you can do that now yeah i don't think if i walked into a store and i'm like hey can you get my son a non-alcoholic beer yeah (laughs) if they would do that right yeah but anyway so red lobster's about to launch a new margarita it's a mountain dew margarita okay so if you're a fan of the drink mountain dew it's going to be mountain dew margaritas available at red lobster there's also a new reese's peanut butter cup coming out and here's the thing, like to me, there's the candy aisle and there, then there's like the Reese's section because they've done such a great job at like reinventing. So have, many options. Have you tried the big cup with the Reese's pieces? Yes. That is probably my favorite of all of the Reese's products. Have you tried the Nutrageous? Yes. Which has like the caramely, peanut buttery. Yeah. It's kind of a lot. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm afraid my teeth are going to fall out. Mm-hmm. There's also, have you tried the Reese's Sticks? Oh, I think so, yeah. They kind of look like, kind of Kit like Kats. Kit Kats a little bit, mm-hmm. but they're kind of wafery. They're good too. Yeah, well, I like the big cup with the Reese's pieces. Yeah. Or just the, I had the white chocolate topping mm. one, which was kind of different. I bought those by accident because they were on sale. And oh then I gosh. thought when I, when I opened them, I thought, oh, these are a little bit old because the chocolates turned white. And then I realized, oh no, they're white chocolate top. So the next Reese's thing they're going to be launching is a big cup. And inside the big cup, the middle of it is going to have potato chips. Uh, what? Yeah, so it's legit. It's like the big cup, thinner piece of chocolate, a lot of peanut butter, and then little like crumbles of chips, like potato chips on the inside. 
I don't get it. So, like, is it a sweet and salty like type? I guess deal? so. And maybe that's great. I don't want a crunchy potato chip in my. Um, I don't. I don't think I want that. I think I would try it. I think. I guess I would try it. But it's kind of like what I tell Kai all the time. You don't know unless you try it. I'm like, hey, Kai, throw some M&Ms in that popcorn or, <gasps> you know, or whatever like that. And it's like, it sounds crazy, mm-hmm. but it's really good. Dip your French fries in your Frosty from Wendy's. Yeah. You know, those things that seem kind of like, I'm okay, not really Okay, sure. so Reese's Big Cup with uh, potato chips. Yep, coming soon to a convenience store near you. Brandon Baxter in the morning. So the ACM Awards are tonight, 7 o'clock, CBS. The big award, Entertainer of the Year. Who will it be in 2020? Will it be Carrie Underwood? We should be drinking alone, together, drown in the pain. Or maybe Eric Church. You learn the hard way, you read on Luke Bryan's in there. It goes like one margarita, two margarita, three margarita shot. There's also Luke Combs. So our question today is, who should win, in your opinion, who should be the ACM Award winner for Entertainer of the Year? Facebook.com slash KFIN 107. Country Music News. KFIN. Country Music News. On Brandon Baxter in the morning. Country Music has a big night tonight. The 55th Academy of Country Music Awards is on at 7 o'clock on CBS tonight. Keith Urban will be hosting. So the show's going to be broadcast from three different locations. We've got the Grand Ole Opry, the Ryman Auditorium, and also the Bluebird Cafe. That's cool. Tons of performers. Here's the list. Kelsey Ballerini, Luke Bryan, Eric Church, Dan and Shay, Florida Georgia Line, Mickey Guyton, Miranda Lambert, Tim McGraw, Marin Morris, Thomas Rhett with John Party, Blake Shelton with Gwen Stefani, Taylor Swift, Tennille Towns, Carrie Underwood, and we're going get, to get to hear the new song by Keith Urban with Pink. Yep, we have a sneak peek of that song for you right now. This song is called One Too Many. It's Keith Urban featuring Pink. Sneak peek this morning, country music news on Brandon Baxter in the morning. I don't remember much about last night Woke up on a couch sunrise Saw the living room through these bloodshot eyes of mine Cold sober you Didn't like that I came home late 4 a.m. but it's a Friday, babe And I've been working hard Can't you give me some space that are shouting out Oh my God, oh yeah some new friends but it just makes me miss you more more I spent all my money that's Keith Urban with Pink, and we're going to get to hear that tonight on the 55th Academy of Country Music Awards. 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock, CBS tonight. Hey, we want to know, too, who do you think should win Entertainer of the Year? It's like the big award. This year, it's Carrie Underwood, Eric Church, Luke Bryan, Luke Combs, and Thomas Rhett. Who should win? That question is on our socials this morning. Facebook.com slash KFIN1079. That's your country music news on Brandon Baxter in the morning. Brandon Baxter in the morning. Our friend Dr. Shane Spites is on with us this morning. He is the dean of the NYIT College at Arkansas State University, and he really has become our local and regional expert on COVID-19 and how we're coping as a state. So good morning, Dr. Spites. How are you? Good morning, guys. Glad to be on with you again. I had a big night last night at my house. Uh, There was a big show on Camping World on their YouTube. I'm not sure if you follow them, but they had Alabama, the band Alabama. Mm. Did, did you grow up on Alabama? I, I did. I did. I grew up in South Arkansas, and uh, that, that is classic country uh, from, from where I grew up. Dude, I was having so much fun. I was so happy. I'm like, they're playing all of these great songs that I, I grew <laughs> up on, like Mountain Music. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You like this one? Oh, man. 
just kind of takes you back, right? Like maybe Song of the it, South. It, it, it really, like, there you go. It really does. It takes you back to, and I, I hate this. This is going to sound really, really redneck, so bear with me. But it's going to take me back to dirt roads and mm-hmm. um, hunting and Friday nights and, yeah. and football and all that stuff in the small town uh, Arkansas. So Isn't that neat, Yeah, though? that certainly does. Well, the cool thing about that is here we're, we're talking to a guy who's a dean of a medical college, and he is a doctor, and he's still saying, hey, I back road and I did all that mm-hmm. stuff that y'all do. So. <laughs> yeah, we'll know. keep him in the DL, though, okay? okay we're, yeah. not, we're not letting that out. Yeah, we won't tell anybody. <laughs> Surely not. <laughs> hey, man, I wanted to get you on this morning because when uh, we talked about this just the other day, I was reading these stats about Arkansas. Out of the entire country, a lot of states kind of see are seeing COVID numbers decrease. There are 11 states seeing increases, and – it just so happens that one of the states seeing increases in COVID cases is the state that we live in right here in Arkansas. That's true, and, and those numbers are correct. And there's some there's some reasoning behind that, and I'd like to go ahead and just jump into that if that's okay. Yeah, go ahead. Some, some of these bigger states that were really struggling just with probably the last four to eight weeks ago, and I'm not specifically talking about Florida, Texas, California, Nevada, Arizona, they had huge outbreaks, and that's when we saw that real – uh, that large second uh, spike nationwide was because of what was going on there. Right. Now they turned around and implemented mask mandates. They closed restaurants. They closed bars. They they just they pretty much backed up on their restrictions, and you see cases going down. So now where you're seeing your cases go up are specifically related to college and school reopenings. Mm-hmm. And so when we look at pockets around the country, they are related to that. Even when we look here in the state of Arkansas and you say, okay, where are the really the big hotspots? It's Northwest Arkansas, it's Central Arkansas, it's Northeast Arkansas. It's where you have a larger population, but you also have you know kids going back to school. Now, the crazy thing is, it seems like when this all started, the college kids were the ones, you know, we were here in college and younger, you didn't have to worry about it quite as much. And uh, it seems like maybe did they let their guards down when they were going back in or is there just no way to stop it? So here's what happened. We were we didn't have a lot of data. So when we said, hey, the kids don't seem to spread it. What we were looking at was, you know, March, April, May data. Mm -hmm. Well, we didn't have kids in school really Mm -hmm. anywhere in the country. And so we didn't really know what the impact was having kids close close together in a classroom, how that was going to impact spreading it. Now we found out by looking at other countries and looking at what's going on in this country, yes, in fact, kids do spread it. Specifically, college kids, uh, junior high and high school kids do. Elementary school kids do, but at a much smaller rate. Right. Um, and the biggest thing about the kids in K-12 you know, by and large, they do fine themselves when they get sick. I mean, not that they can't get really sick and be hospitalized because they can, but they bring it home to mom and dad and grandma and grandpa and aunts and uncles, and you know, spread it to teachers and bus drivers. And so they really continue to propagate the spread of the disease. So what can we do? Uh, obviously, you know, we, we have a bunch of friends out there at Arkansas State, uh, and including Dr. Kelly Danfus, who we have on on a pre, uh, pretty regular basis. You know, it seems like all the stuff was in place for you guys to be able to handle it. Uh, what's the next step on, on a college campus like Arkansas State to try to get this under control? So in terms of Arkansas State, and obviously we at NYT work very closely with them, and, and this is what we're seeing not only at Arkansas State, but U of A, the data showing the same thing. The highest number of cases in college kids is not on campus. It's hmm. kids that live off campus. Wow. So the kids that are on campus that live in the residence halls, I think by and large, they're just inundated with the wear a mask, wash your hands, you know, stay six feet. For the most part, they're doing a really good job. Mm-hmm. Um, so knock on wood, we're not seeing huge numbers in the residential hall areas and on campus. But when the kids live off campus and they're in these large apartment complexes and they go out to eat together or go out to bars or things like that, they want to congregate together outside of campus. Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest uh, push driver right now. Right. So we all think that, you know, our social bubble is relatively safe. It's people that we know and we think that they're watching out for themselves. And I can just tell you from our personal experience over the course of the last seven days, uh, we've had three different instances of people who work here uh, where they didn't actually have COVID-19 or they haven't tested positive, but they did have people that they were friends with or who were close friends of them who had uh, you know, tested positive. And it seems like it, it seems like it's now real to us that, hey, this thing is pretty close, even in the ages that aren't college ages, because, you know, we're talking about uh, working class adults here. 
That's exactly right. And this was one of the concerns. When you look nationally, uh, Dr. Fauci, uh, the infectious disease expert at the NIH, his big concern was that as a country, we would go into the fall season, fall and winter period, having more than 10,000 cases per day mm-hmm. in the U.S. And we're well above it. Yesterday, we hit a, hit a 53,000, wow. which was another peak. Prior to that, we were running 40, 45,000 a day. So in terms of our number of new cases per day in the U.S., we're, we're really way too high as we enter into the winter and the fall where we know we're going to be indoors, we know we're going to be closer together, yet we know you can't go outside and social distance is easy. And so those are the big concerns. So, so when we talked earlier about heading in the wrong direction, those are the big fears that all the experts have now is that we're going to see a larger number of infections even than we've seen to date, even much more than we've seen to date. Um, and so people are worried. I'll say this and what I'm reading and what I'm hearing, uh, the October, November, December time frame uh, is very worrisome right now. Dr. Shane Spites on with us this morning. As people, you know, luckily we, Kelly and I, and, and most in the K-Fine staff, we haven't uh, been affected by a positive test uh, inside the office place as of this point. What can we do? You know, we think we're being safe. We wear our masks when we go out in public. We wash our hands. Is it almost inevitable? Because people say all the time, ah, oh, pretty much everybody's going to get this at some point. Is that the way we should operate and just say, hey, it's going to happen at some point? Or is there still things we need to be doing to even better protect ourselves? You know, right now, I would say that that's hopefully not true. And the reason why I say that's hopefully not true is because um, in terms of the vaccine trials that are going on, they look really good. And you've got about seven manufacturers who are front runners right now that are in phase three trials, which means they're in their final phases of trials. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're hopeful to get good information from them by the end of October or into the November, December timeframe. Now, what that means is, is the vaccine will probably be ready for us the first of 2021. So, um, and I, again, I'm going to lean back on a comment that Fauci made last week. He said Americans need to be ready to, quote, hunker down for the fall and winter. And what he means by that is we need to be we need to be prepared to continue diligent mask wearing, diligent social distancing of six feet and hand washing and alcohol based hand sanitizers uh, to get us to the point where we can really have mass vaccination. Now, it's a different conversation if the vaccines don't come in 2021 like we're we're expecting them to Mm. Um, that we will we'll be having a different conversation. discussion then what do you think about you know arkansas state had to postpone their first football game it was scheduled for this weekend the home opener against uca uh what they said in the press release was they just couldn't uh you know have depth in every position on the field uh you do contract tra- uh, tracing for Ar- mm-hmm. or contact tracing for arkansas state what do you see through that data and uh, what do you think about the football postponement will there be a game on the 26th because we're looking at that i mean that's not too far off either what are your feelings on that you know, so what happens, and, and, and obviously, that you know, it's spot on what you, what you read in the, in the paper in terms of their press release. It wasn't that there was this big outbreak of, of uh, cases amongst the football players. It was nothing like that. But if you've only got X number of, um, you know, tight ends or X number of free safeties or whatever it is, and, you know, those guys, if one of them gets sick and three of them get contact traced or something like that, saying they've got a quarantine, right. well, then, you know, you don't have the depth. And so I think that's what happened. That's my understanding. But I, I want to be clear, it wasn't that there was these huge number of cases amongst the football team. They've been very diligent. I'll be honest with you. We've been working with them all summer, um, and they've been very diligent in what they've been doing. The team has been very uh, disciplined in terms of uh, the uh, what's expected of them. Coach Anderson's done a great job. Uh, uh, Terry Mahajer's done a great job. I, mean, I can't say enough working with those guys. I mean, Terry doesn't hesitate to call me. Hey, what about this? Hey, what about that? Yeah. Uh, so they're on it. I mean, they're they're all about the safety of the players. Um, obviously, they want to play ball. We want to see them play ball. They want to do it as safely as possible. Um, so I'm, I commend them for really the work that they've been doing because they've really done an excellent job uh, throughout all of this. So about four weeks ago, we had Dr. Shane Spites on. We were talking about school going back in, right? And what was that going to look like? How long was school going to last? And we've seen campuses across our listening area who have had to close down for a certain number of days who are going virtual. Uh, what are you thinking about just public schools in general, as far as K through 12, are we going to make it through this semester with people in the classroom? Or do you think at some point everything's going back to online learning? 
You know, it's an interesting approach that the state has, has taken. When I look at other countries and, and even other states in terms of how they approached it, there was, I mean, there was a ton of different ways to approach it. Some countries, I thought, took a unique approach in terms of they knew who was at highest risk, and so they sent, like, the elementary school kids back first. Right. And they kept, like, your high school and, virtu- high school and junior high kids virtual for, like, the first four to six weeks. And they kind of see, and they would kind of see how that worked out, and then kind of went from there. And I think that staged approach would have probably been a better approach, though that wouldn't that wouldn't have always worked for every school district in the state. And that was one of the problems I think that we ran into here is it's not a one size fits all. Right. Every school district has their own processes in terms of how they bus students in, bus them out, how their class schedules work. Um, in terms of what do I think is going to happen, I think you'll continue to see cases go up because we're going to continue to see spread. Um, and it's going to be this hodgepodge back and forth. You'll have kids that are out for quarantine. You'll have kids that are out for isolation. You'll have teachers out that way. And each school district, just like you're seeing now, is going to have to open and close based on do we have enough teachers to even fulfill the needs of the students. Um, so I, I don't know if it'll get to the point where statewide you'll see a shutdown. But it would not surprise me that certainly into the October-November time frame that they say, hey, look, we're going to cut the semester short or something like that. And we're going to, you know, we're actually doing that at the medical school. We've got students right now, we do some very minimal face-to-face. And even with that, everybody's in PPE. They're in full protection. Mm-hmm. But we're stopping any face-to-face after Thanksgiving. Wow. So once we hit the Thanksgiving break, our students don't come back for anything face-to-face until after mid-January. Because we believe that that's going to probably be the, the really the toughest time uh, in terms of viral spread and, and number of infections. So obviously the um, the vaccines are going to change the game hopefully early next year. But as far as predictions, are we thinking this is something that we're still going to have to hear about and deal with all the way through almost almost summer of 2021? Uh, yeah, I think this is. I think unfortunately the virus is kind of here to stay right now. And mm-hmm. we've got. Um, I've had this question asked several times, and we've got new data. They say, can you get it twice? Right now, it's not showing that you can get it twice. However, there's another strain out there that you could potentially get. So here in the U.S., we were largely hit with the European strain. Right. Uh, but there is another strain that's going to sound, sound odd. There was a strain from China that we didn't get hit with first. It came over a little bit into California, but that was not the predominant strain. Right. And so there has been um, some, some published evidence of an individual getting COVID twice. Hmm. And so that's when you'll start saying, okay, what about the vaccine? Will we have to have a seasonal vaccine? Will it be like seasonal flu? Would not surprise me at all if that's what we end up doing. We're not going to really know that until this time next year. We'll have a better sense of where we are. Um, I think once we get mass vaccination out and once these vaccine companies are able to put out an effective and a safe vaccine, I think we're going to be in a completely different world. I think we'll be um, it won't be back to normal, per se, but it'll be a lot more normal than we are now. Wow, man. Can't tell you how much we appreciate the information that you give to us, and and we never want to take it for granted or uh, try to get you to do this every every morning with us. But man, you give so much great information, and I think in these chats that you answer so many questions that many people have, and we appreciate that. No, I appreciate the opportunity because you're exactly. There's a lot of questions out there, and sometimes it's hard to through all the noise to get the good information out there. So I appreciate you giving me the opportunity. I'm going to give you a virtual fist bump this morning. Okay, boom, right there, <laughs> boom back. All right, man. Have a good morning. Thanks, sir. Y'all too. Dr. Shane Spites on the K-Fine Breakfast Club, which is powered by Families, Inc. Brandon Baxter in the morning. Don't forget our buddy Earl and his team at the Nutrition Hub on Caraway Road in the Caraway Plaza Shopping Center. Aloe Shots, Energy Teas to give you that extra pep in your mm-hmm. step this morning. Also, the Protein Shakes as well at the Nutrition Hub in Jonesboro and the Healthy Hub in Paragould. So, Matt Stoltz joins us on the phone this morning. He is the voice of the Arkansas State Red Wolves and Matt, you had a busy weekend this past weekend traveling up for the game at Kansas State, and uh, we came back with a big win. Man, it was fun. We had a lot of uh, a lot of fun on Saturday up in Manhattan, Kansas, and you know it's been since 2008 since we've uh, had a win against a Power Five opponent. That was the uh, win against Texas A&M, and. Yeah, I think uh, we've been waiting a long time for this one and for for our guys to come through on a national stage and 
Uh, you know, we had Fox broadcasting the game. It was uh, the first uh, network broadcast in 39 years uh, for an Arkansas State team uh, on network television. So for our guys to come through in that spot, it was a really big deal. Well, and then, you know, we saw some of the analysts who were saying that Arkansas State, you know, they didn't really – I don't know if I'd say they didn't give us a chance, but they just thought we were overmatched. So I think by the end of the game, man, we had some guys and that whole team that played well. And I really think we got some attention uh, across the nation based on that game. Well, Kansas State won eight games last year, and they play in the Big 12, and they had beat Oklahoma uh, a season ago when they were ranked in the top five. So uh, that was a good program that we played. And, you know, you put on top of that, uh, we were missing 10 of our starters on oh, wow. Saturday. So, uh, yeah, it was a, a very big challenge going into that game. But uh, some somehow uh, our guys were able to do it. And I know Coach Anderson was really proud of, of the effort he saw from his team. You've seen two games. You've got to call two games across the EAB Sports Network. We had the Memphis game. We had Kansas State. Uh, what have you seen in these two games as far as what we can expect with this Red Wolves football team this season? Well, I think we've got a really good team, just a powerful offense that, that kind of showed that on Saturday. I think they're capable of doing even more than – uh, what they've already shown uh, offensively. And then on defense, I think uh, we had six starters missing on Saturday. Uh, six of our 11 starters were gone for that game. So a bunch of guys who hadn't played before stepped up and, and did a really good job. So I think that's, uh, that's kind of a good sign going forward. So I think it can be a really big year. I love the fact in a lot of the broadcasts, you know, we're talking about the Red Wolves and a big game day on Saturday. And they were talking about one local kid who really mm-hmm. stood out, a Jonesboro uh, born and bred guy who really got attention on the national stage at Kansas State. Yeah, Jonathan Adams is a senior now. He's uh, kind of the alpha dog as far as uh, our receivers, and he's um, really, really worked hard to kind of be uh, the number one guy this year. And yeah. he waited his turn for that. Uh, he had a really solid year last year, but. You know, we had Omar Bayless and Kirk Merritt uh, last season who were two of the better receivers in the entire country. They've uh, both gone on, and they're part of NFL franchises now. And uh, now it's Jonathan Adams' turn, and he really showed out in a big way the other day. He had three touchdown catches and uh, was named Sunbelt Offensive Player of the Week and has had some other national accolades. So uh, it was really, really cool for a local guy like Jay to have a big performance on such a big stage let's talk about the postponement of this weekend's game you know it was paint the town red week we were all excited we finally had the home opener for arkansas state against uca and the press release comes out and all of a sudden the game's been moved to october the 10th what can you tell us what are you hearing from inside a state football as uh to the decision and why they felt that was the best decision for the team well it really happened quick yesterday and uh, you know it's something that uh, I don't think they were discussing Monday. It was something that came about yesterday morning. And uh, as they were kind of just looking at the players that were available, um, it, it was pretty clear we at one position group were really depleted. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there, and it wasn't necessarily due to positive testing. A lot of it was the contact tracing right. at this position group. So um, it's not like we have more players uh, that have tested positive this week than last. It had to do with a particular position group and having uh, enough players to play in that spot. And um, uh, that, was, that was the main reason why we moved the date. And, um, you know, it, I, I think it's not going to be the only one this year. It, uh, we've seen games moved already, uh, you know, this season as far as uh, COVID testing. But the good news is we still get to play the game. We were able to find an open date coming up here in a few weeks, and uh, we'll still see A-State and UCA playing on October 10th. Matt Stoltz, the voice of the A-State Red Wolves, is on with us this morning. Uh, you were able to kind of uh, witness the testing protocol firsthand with Arkansas State. Tell us uh, how that goes. Tell us what the team has to go through before they travel to a place like Kansas State. Well, last week they had to get tested three times, and mm-hmm. uh, it was uh, – you know, the Big 12 protocol, they were playing a Big 12 team, so they had to go through their particular protocols. 
And, uh, you know, their last test actually was Friday morning before they got on the plane. So uh, they had to take a rapid test. And, uh, you know, once they were cleared, then they could uh, get on the bus, head to the airport and jump on the plane for for Manhattan, Kansas. So, um, you know, in the Sun Belt, we're going to see the same thing. There's particular protocols in place where uh, teams are going to have to be tested twice a week uh, to be able to, um, you know, be as safe as possible and, and to clear all those protocols. So they're doing everything they possibly can, I believe, as far as uh, keeping everybody safe. And, um, you know, I, I know you had a great conversation with Dr. Spites earlier. And, um, you know, just the the fact that these guys are together, Coach Anderson consistently uh, preaches that message as far as uh, where, you're, where you are, uh, being as careful as possible for yourself, for those around you. Um, and I think they really are doing everything they can. And, and hopefully, uh, you know, they're good to go for next week because uh, we do have a, another home game coming up next week against Tulsa. It's going to be happening September the 26th. AstateRedWolves.com is the spot to go get all of the information. And Matt, uh, we know you stay busy too, and we appreciate your time this morning. Absolutely. Great to be with you guys. Right, Have a great day. It's Matt Stoltz, the voice of the A-State Red Wolves on the K-Fine Breakfast Club, powered by Families, Inc. Brandon Baxter in the morning. It's the K-Fine Breakfast Club, which is powered by Families, Inc. Don't forget the Nutrition Hub this morning and the Healthy Hub in Paragould. We'll talk more about all that they can offer here in just a few minutes. We have Christine Drake on the phone with us this morning from the Alzheimer's Association. Good morning, Christine. How are you? Good morning. I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. It's our first time to get to chat with you. We wanted to bring you on today to talk about the walk to end Alzheimer's uh, for Jonesboro, which is uh, just a couple of weeks away. And I guess you guys are getting ready for a walk in a very different in a COVID environment. Yes, it is definitely a little bit different this year, just like a lot of things are having to change. Um, but we are so excited to still be able to walk on October 3rd. Even though things will look a little bit different this year, we um, are really excited to be able to still offer the walk to all of our participants that have been excited about it in years past. Yeah, and there's so many people regionally and locally that go out to raise money for the Alzheimer's Association. And it seems like, you know, as I get older, it seems like we hear more about it, or at least we know more people who have been affected. Um, and, and, you know, for, for many years, we'd go out and I'd help uh, with Kate Morgan, one of our coworkers, and we'd be out at the event. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was kind of something I was doing to help support her, and I knew it was a good cause. And then Alzheimer's affected my family directly. Um, and I really realized what that disease can rob from a family uh, as I had to go through that that experience myself. Yeah, definitely. It affects a lot of people. And I think that you don't realize how much of a toll that it takes on an entire family until, like you said, you're experiencing it yourself. Um, and a lot of people that are involved with the walk do have a personal connection Um, I had a family member who recently passed away from the disease as well. So Mm -hmm. it's definitely different when you have that personal connection that's kind of pushing you forward in fundraising. Yeah. So tell us about uh, stats. If we're looking at Alzheimer's across the state of Arkansas, uh, what does that look like? Why should we as a community go out of our way to help raise money for this organization? Yeah, definitely. So I think... um, I began realizing recently that Alzheimer's disease is actually a lot more prevalent than I had realized originally. Um, And the Alzheimer's Association is actually the leading voluntary health organization in Alzheimer's care, support, and research. So here in Arkansas, there are nearly 60,000 people that are currently living with Alzheimer's and almost 200,000 unpaid caregivers. So our chapter is really able to just help enhance care and support through free education programs, as well as caregiver support groups, and a 24-7-hour um, helpline that's available at 800-272-3900. So um, a lot of those things we're able to fund through the Walk to End Alzheimer's, and it's really been kind of exciting to see how we can continue to offer these services um, during the pandemic, just changing a lot of things to virtually rather than in person like we would usually have them. Let's talk about the Jonesboro Walked in Alzheimer's again. That's happening on October the 3rd this year. Um, how is it going to be different? You know, in the past, and we've seen these photos of the sea of purple and everybody gets mm-hmm. out in these costumes and they celebrate. And uh, this year, is it going to look different than what we've seen in years past? Is there a way that you can bring a group of, uh, group of people together or is that going to be different? 
Right. Yeah. All great questions. First of all, we definitely still encourage all the dressing up, all the costumes. We love to see those things. So we would love to see your photos of you in purple that day. Definitely. Um, but the walk this year, obviously, the health and safety of our participants is our top priority. So we won't be having a large in-person gathering, but we are still walking. Okay. You can really participate in three steps. Um, on October 3rd at 10 a.m., participants will log on to our virtual experience, which is called Walk Main Stage. And here is where they'll view their, our live-streamed opening ceremony, which is usually in person. Mm -hmm. And that can be accessed through our Walk website. And then after that, we encourage everyone to walk with your family or your friends or a small team in your own neighborhood, um, wherever you feel like you can do that safely. Mm -hmm. And then on the walk, you can actually download our Walks and Alzheimer's app, which just makes your walk a little bit more fun um, because it will have some step tracking and a virtual walk route. And then finally, we will have a drive-by view-only promise garden with those pinwheel promise flowers that everyone really loves to see those beautiful flowers on walk day. So after you're finished walking, you can just hop in your car and make sure to drive by that display, which is just a great way to make everyone still feel unified with the cause and with the community on that day. I think you found a great way to do it because, you know, everybody's trying to figure out how to do their events and their fundraisers, but uh, just having the app and the idea that it's going to be interactive and the opening ceremony, I think you guys and your team have really stepped up and thought outside of the box this year. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, I think that it will still be a lot of fun, even though it's different. Um, I definitely am excited about the, the plan and the process for this year, too. So if people want to get signed up as an individual, as a family, or as a team, where's the best spot to go get signed up? Yes. So it is not too late to start your team, or you can sign up to walk as an individual. Totally up to you. Um, you just go to the website alz.org slash arwalk and you'll be able to sign up and just follow the prompts to get ready to go there. All right, again, that's happening on October the 3rd. It's the Walk to End Alzheimer's for Jonesboro, uh, all to raise money for the Alzheimer's Association. And, Christine, we appreciate your time this morning. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Right, have a great day. All right, you too. It's the K-Fine Breakfast Club, powered by Family Zinc. Brandon Baxter in the morning. K-Fine Breakfast Club, powered by Family Zinc. So we call it Wet Nose Wednesday with Dr. Kevin Reed from Vet Care. He is man's best friend. He is our best friend. And he is the veterinarian of choice of the Brandon Baxter in the morning radio program. Welcome back, Dr. Kevin Reed. Good morning. Glad to be back. What's up, man? Could you bark for us real quick? Uh, uh, woof, woof. There you go. Wow. That's how you know it's really him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Kelly was having a question about one of her animals. Uh, which one was it? It's Bones. He's been licking his paws a lot. And yeah, I can't find you know, anything that's, wrong. That's a common common sign of like an inhalant allergen, allergy, mm -hmm. uh, you know, some allergen that's out. And a lot of times this time of the year, it's a, a pollen, some of the late summer weeds that are blooming right now. But for some reason, the feet are kind of target areas uh, for that kind of uh, kind of allergy. Ugh. Hey, so on a dog, one of the first ever table scrap meal that uh, our German Shepherd Ace ever had was steak, right? It was a ribeye. My, my father-in-law was done with his steak, and he put the plate over, and Ace was able to lick the plate, right? Every yeah. time I make that steak, it seems like he knows it, like he recognizes that smell, and he knows that was his first meal, and he is intense just waiting for something. Can a dog differentiate? Like, do they do they have such a sense of smell that they would know? Ooh, that's what I enjoy. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, we've talked before about what our cue, their sense of smell is, and you know, how they can detect low levels of uh, gasoline or accelerants. You know, dogs that are used in you know bomb sniffing and, yeah. and all that. So yeah, and I think they have good memory. You know, they obviously enjoyed it, and now when that, you know, when he smells that odor from the meat he remembers what it was like to eat it yeah man he like it's just funny because like some things he's different with like sometimes like spaghetti noodles because he knows a lot of times he'll get the spaghetti noodles when we're done mm -hmm. and it's like we put those noodles in the pot and let them start to boil and it's like mm -hmm. he realizes we're making spaghetti it's really strange yeah oh they, they know believe me so uh, Kevin was talking to us right before we came on the air about uh the quality of life care toward the end of a pet's life you know 
depending on the dog, uh, the breed of the dog, some dogs live, you know, can live for a really long time. Some have shorter lifespans. But the one thing that's inevitable with all of us is that at some point we get closer to, unfortunately, the end. And I guess you have to deal with that with pet owners, right? Yeah, pretty much on a, on a weekly, if not almost daily basis. You know, the pets age and owners are bringing them in for examinations, saying, you know, the time to have my pet euthanized, what kind of quality of life is he having. And, you know, while I can make the, you know, the medical assessment, uh, you know, I'm not at home to interact with the pet like the owner is. So there's some, some good resources. You know, it's, you don't think about this much, but pets don't need a fancy red sports car or retirement account <laughs> or fulfilling job. You know, their basic needs are being able to eat, drink, breathe, walk, eliminate properly and groom themselves to sleep all in a pain-free manner. So, you know, hopefully you get a little tail wag um, or meow from a cat. And, um, but there's a, there's a good website and I've been to seminars, uh, a couple seminars that we, we had, um, you know, this was the, uh, the websites by a veterinary ecologist who obviously deals with a lot of end of life care in pets with cancer. And it's called the H H H H H M M scale, five H's and two M's. Okay. So you've got a total of seven categories, and uh, this is really good, uh, a good resource. Uh, it's at hospice.com, like hospice, but P A W S. Right. And uh, go to there, and they have both a quality of life scale for dogs and one for cats. And the first H is hurt. You know, does a, the pet have adequate pain control and breathing ability? Oh, if there's trouble breathing, um, that that outweighs all other concerns. You know, is the pet's pain well managed? Second H is hunger. You know, is it eating enough? Does hand feeding help? Does feeding special diet? Does it need a feeding tube? Um, third H is hydration. Is the pet dehydrated? You know, if it's not drinking enough water, it may need to have some supplemental fluids like subcutaneous or intravenous fluids. Right. Uh, hygiene is the fourth H. Uh, you know, they need to be brushed and cleaned, uh, avoid pressure sores if they're unable to, you know, get up, uh, keep keep soft bedding around them. The fifth H is happiness. Does the pet express joy and interest? Is it responsive to families and toys? Um, you know, is it acting lonely, depressed, anxious, bored, or afraid? Right. You know, can you move your pet's bed or where it lays closer to the family activity? And then the first M is for mobility. Can the pet get up and down on its own? Does it have to be assisted, you know, by a person picking it up? Or does it need, you know, if it has trouble with its rear legs, does it need a little wheel cart? Um, does it feel like going out for a walk? Is it having seizures or stumbling? You know, there's there's a lot. And, and you know, there's good pain medication, anti-inflammatory. So just because a pet has arthritis and it's good in any, all these other categories, doesn't mean it's ready to be, you know, euthanized. Right. Um, the second M is more good days than bad. And that's that's probably the most important. When bad days outnumber the good days, you know, their quality of life might be compromised. And, you know, when you don't have that good, healthy human-animal bond, it's not longer no longer possible, then, you know, that's when I have to tell the owner that probably the end is near and, decision for euthanasia probably needs to be made if it's if the pet's suffering you know right. that way it, it can be a peaceful and painless uh, a painless end to their life so there's seven categories and you as a pet owner you give a scale of zero to ten on each of these and like i said you might need to do it weekly or monthly or even daily if the pet's really near the end and the uh, objective is if you get a total of 35 points on that scale out of seven categories, that probably represents pretty acceptable quality of life. And, you know, the pet owner can continue to care for the pet, um, you know, if it's, you know, near the end. So anything less than that, then it may be time to make that decision that it's, you know, it's um, they don't have a good quality of life. Right. And, and these are difficult decisions, but this kind of helps objectify the decision-making process. And like I said, I can say if a pet has a you know incurable disease or end stage cancer, something like that. But I'm not there to see the pet and interact with the pet every day. And so this is just something that's a, you know an excellent resource to you know have an older pet to maybe start now, even if they're not having any problems. You know, start scoring them and 
and then, you know, keep a, a chart of it, a journal of it to go back. And, you know, a year from now or three years from now, you know, you can look and say, okay, you know, I can see, you know, where, it's re- where it's, uh, the pet has really gone downhill. Yeah. So <clears throat> difficult decisions, but if you own a pet, you know, the like- likelihood is that we're going to outlive our pet. And at some point, those decisions have to be made. Again, that website, if you want to find out more about the quality of life and the scale is pospice dot com like pause like the animal pause mm-hmm. pospice.com dr kevin reed joins us this morning y'all he is man's best friend he is our best friend and he is the veterinarian of choice of the brandon baxter in the morning radio program dr kevin reed from vet care on parker road in jonesboro he is our next door neighbor and man we appreciate uh, your time this morning doc Hey, thank you. Y'all stay safe and have a good day. All right, you too. Dr. Kevin Reed on the K-Fine Breakfast Club, which is powered by Families, Inc. Brandon Baxter in the morning. K-Fine Breakfast Club powered by Families, Inc. This morning, great guest, Dr. Shane Spites was our first guest. And man, he gives so much information Mm -hmm. on kind of like Arkansas during COVID and what to expect in schools and colleges and when will this be over and vaccines if you haven't heard Dr. Spites, I encourage you to go back and check it out today on the Brandon Baxter in the Morning podcast, which is available wherever you get your podcasts. Kelly Perry, what's on TV tonight? We've talked about this a little bit all day, but the 55th Academy of Country Music Awards is on at 7 o'clock tonight on CBS. Keith Urban is hosting. Everybody who is somebody will be performing yep. tonight. The 11th season premiere of Archer is on. The series premiere of Sing On. And Challenger, the final flight on Netflix, a documentary about the 1986 space shuttle oh. disaster, featuring interviews with engineers, families uh, of the crew. Wow. Yeah. That was such a big deal in our lifetime. Like, I was watching at school when the Challenger exploded. Mm -hmm. So, hope you guys have a great day. We'll talk to you back here tomorrow morning on Brandon Baxter in the morning.